GG Poker is the biggest online poker site and they have more players than any other on the internet. Why play anywhere else? They have a wide range of games and unique features that you just can't find on any other site. GG Poker run huge tournaments with big prize pools and they hold the record for the biggest ever prize pool on an online poker tournament. There are games for all players at all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro, including cash games and exciting tournaments like Bounty Hunters and Sunday Majors. GG Poker offer popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. New players that make their first deposit get £60 in free play, 18+, plus. new UK players only, minimum deposit is £10, full terms and conditions apply, begambleaware.org and please play responsibly. AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients and what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do like writing the fighting cock for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Hello and welcome to episode 66, season 12 of the Fight Club podcast, joined by Ricky and Cal. How are you doing, boys? Wonderful, mate. Wonderful. Are sunshine you? in, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Been sunshine in. In, yeah. yeah. When you yeah. go out when you go out into your garden, do you are you top off? Uh, uh no. Well, it depends. Depends who's about really. First of all, I'll get that like tanning oil and just grease myself up. Do you really? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Like, why like, why? Like, what are you hoping to achieve? Because uh to get even more brown. So I just I just like the I do you know what I actually enjoy the tan lines. You know, like on your t shirt and your yeah. shorts and you just think, Fucking hell man, like I didn't realise I was that pale. I did and then that. You get even darker. But yeah, re- yeah, straight away, man, and then dive straight into my hammock, lay there, think about life, then uh the sweat runs down into my eyes with the tanning oil, can't see shit, then get angry. That's Cal- pretty much it. You've been really. out in the sun, Cal? Yeah, I have, you know. Yeah, I have been out a bit. Went down to Portsmouth. Because it's like not a sexy seaside town. No, it's not. It's a um, shithole, mate. Why are you yeah, going down to Portsmouth? Not. Because they have arcades and they have fish and chips and there's water there. Like, where else do you want? 
from a seaside town. Brighton has those things. Any, 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 no one goes to Pompey for a fucking seaside day away. Just milling around Southsea. <laughs> Look, that was what was good seeing, about. seeing if you can see any violence while he's eating his ice cream. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a, it was like 31 degrees. I saw a guy wearing jeans. I was like, oh, wow, that is impressive. That is an angry town. Portsmouth's not even close to you. It's not the closest seaside town. Nah, I don't think so. I what think the Brighton fuck is. is wrong with you? I don't, I don't... Because I and they have shopping outlets. I went to the shopping outlets, and okay. they have a good fish and chip shop, and they have arcades. Arcades were shit though, and they all wear jeans down there. It was just really weird. But yeah, it was it was no, I I liked it down there, and then just came back and watched the Champions League final, which was nice. Sorry, is it not season thirteen yet? Of what? Of the podcast? Nah. Like, when 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 is the Right. Yeah, I forgot you're like a geek for these things, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, no, no. Season 13 will start when the season starts. Episode 1 will be the first start, the first week of, um, well, actually probably the week before the new season starts, when everyone's absolutely buzzing because Postacoglu is about to turn Tottenham Hotspur into an absolute fucking behemoth of a football club. Although we have had some warnings. I've read a couple of warnings from fans of, 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 of Poster Cogley, Australian fans, Celtic fans, and fans of other clubs who know a lot about him and says, well, we will go into it, but, but, but they've said that you will love him, just give him time. It's like one of those mates is like, we know you think he's a dickhead because this is the first time you've met him, but trust me, in six months, you won't think he's a dickhead. And you actually like him a lot. That that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Not that we'll think he's a dickhead, but perhaps his football won't be as excellent as it will be in six months' time. Anyway, before that, we've got a, a bit of a spicy one to start, Ricky and uh, Cal. I don't know if you've seen the running order, but I'm going to throw this at you right now. I've got a question from Glasgow Spurs. It says a lot of talk up here about who is the bigger club, Spurs or Celtic. Right. I just want to pre-warn you that this may go on YouTube. If anyone is on YouTube and doesn't know that we've got a YouTube channel, it's The Fighting Cock. View us, go and give us a subscription, like and comment and all that shit. Um, Yeah, go and do that. So this might appear, so bearing in mind, this is a sensitive topic for a lot of Scottish fans, both Rangers and Celtic. So I'll ask the question again. A lot of talk up here, this is from Glasgow Spurs, a lot of talk up here is of who is the biggest club, Spurs or Celtic? If If... Everyone is saying that Ange moving to Spurs is a step up. Surely that means that Spurs are bigger than Celtic. Thoughts. Right. Ricky. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Glad they're coming to me first. Rick, what, what's your immediate reaction to that question? Are Spurs bigger than Celtic? And by like, let's not just make it about Celtic. Rangers as well, because they're, they're both the same. Let's, let's bring uh, them in it, as well. It's, it's a, do you know what? It is a difficult uh, question to answer because if you're talking um, trophies uh, and what they've done with their history books... The one European Cup at 67? What, exactly. Um, and they've just won everything in Scotland over and over and over again. So trophy-wise, you would say Celtic are the bigger club. When uh, Celtic go abroad, they take fucking thousands upon thousands of fans way more than Tottenham so does that make them the bigger club more followed club 
But then you've got Rangers and Celtic who are the two main teams in Scotland, whereas in just in um, England, even London alone, you've got like four or five clubs, the big clubs. And then outside of that, you've got the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool, whenever, you know, it goes on and on. So, uh, what's your answer, Rick? Uh, I would probably, if you're taking everything into account, oh fucking hell, it's hard because then, uh, like, operational-wise, money-wise, business-wise, stadium-wise, how much revenue we get, we're the bigger club, um, and exactly this, we've gone into Cirque and said, "Here's your money." Take that. We'll take your main man. Drink your milk. Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 so, there's a couple of things you have to take into consideration. Celtic fans and Rangers fans will say, "Well, look at how many titles we've won," and we might say, "Well, it's the Scottish Championship. It's a Premier Premiership. It doesn't yeah. count because you two have the biggest ad- advantages." But regardless, you know, it's unreal the amount of you know titles they've won. They've won a European Cup and we've never won one. So you could argue that. But it's all about history. And really, what a big club is now, and, and I'm not saying this is a positive thing, it isn't, because a club should be really, the size of a club should, be, should go down to how successful they've been in the competitions they play in. And Celtic in Europe, in a competition, you know, if you, if you compare to a European pedigree, Celtic, Celtic have done more in Europe than Tottenham have. But the reality is, in this modern age, is that it's nothing to do with what happened in 1967 or, or, or going forwards. Right now, there isn't a manager on earth that would turn down Tottenham if they were in the Rangers or the Celtic job. Um, that's not the fault of Celtic and Rangers, I guess. It's just the fault of... I don't know whose fault it is, but the, the branding and, and the popularity of, of what the Premier League has become has made it a, a draw that almost any manager on earth can't turn down even the very best players in the world now are coming to England before they go to Real Madrid or or Barcelona but the fact is what we all we can say is that we came knocking and Postacoglu answered the fact is Aston Villa came knocking and and Steven Gerrard answered so by that reasoning Villa are bigger than Rangers in fact, Villa have done a lot oh, more in Europe. Shit. No, no, no. Yeah, listen. yeah, yeah. No, they have. They have. Villa have done a lot That's more true. in Europe than Rangers have ever done. So, so if 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 we're arguing that Celtic are bigger than Spurs because of the uh, winning the Champions League, then Rangers are smaller than Aston Villa because Aston Villa have, have won the European Cup. So, what is the reality? The reality is that without sounding pompous, and I'm look, this is nothing to do with me. Like if, if there were any Celtic fans watching this, if this is on YouTube or any Celtic fans listening to this, I'm not saying that Spurs are bigger than Celtic as a football club, but as a global fan base in terms of the amount of money and revenue coming in and the type of manager and player that you can attract. And of course, it goes without saying. Let us know in the comments below if you're watching this. Yeah. Let us know Celtic what fans, like, exactly like why are Celtic is- bigger than Tottenham? Yeah, what I'd like to see, I'd like to see um, Rangers and Celtic come into the Premier League. Isn't that like a slight on Scottish football, though? Well, how, I mean, well, like, would, they, how, would, how well would they do, Rick? 
Uh, probably they'd go down to the championship, <laughs> I reckon. Yeah. Straight down if there. They, slide straight down there. If they stayed up, no, honestly, if they, stayed I, up I, they, I, they would become a major force because of the, their fan base. In, yeah, I, I just think with uh, the amount of money that comes into the Premier League, uh, I just think it would make it a much more interesting competition, interesting fixtures, uh, especially um, for them as well. I just... I don't know, like, up in the Scottish League, that they are almost guaranteed like Champions League and European football. So it's their chance to do something. And if they did come to the Premier League, what would their chances be like? Uh, I, 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 it would be great. Can you imagine, like, Tottenham v Celtic or Rangers well, so you're as saying a regular thing? Bring, bring Celtic and Rangers down. Destroy Scottish football, essentially. Destroy it. No, football. No, let, let, no, let the other teams have a go. It's like fucking Celtic and Rangers winning the league since what the eighties or whatever. I don't think another club's won the league. Just let you know, let, let someone else have a go. I always let thought Marlick have a go. <clears throat> I thought it would have been a good idea to like for like, and this is completely out there, but I always come up with these out there ideas that you know the Scottish leagues could join up with the Welsh league and maybe even the Northern Irish league and become like a super kind of league that kind of competes against each other and try and grow the brand that way i'm just while you guys were chatting i was just looking up a couple of things so overseas supporters clubs tottenham have got 446 celtic have got 160 that's bigger a huge, that's a huge that's difference. much bigger that's like four times the size what yeah. else you got what else you got Cal? so you what you guys were talking about with the league right the sky deal for the premier league from what i quickly looked up is 1.5 billion a season for the Premier League, for the Scottish League, it's 150 million over four years. Is that right? It's a, Are you sure that's right? A, I quick Google. Someone wants to correct me. Correct me. That's fine. But that's what I just quickly Googled. Over four year period, 150 million. That might be the overseas money. No, that's with Sky Sports. Until 2029, I'm looking at it right now. Until 2029, they get 150 yeah. million. It's a dog meat league. And so, what? What the? Good luck. What kind, Good luck. Whatever. Whatever. Um, and that's what the draw was, wasn't it, for, for Ange, was that it wasn't so... It was Spurs, because even though Celtic have won the Champions League 50 fucking years ago, when were they last... In, when did they last get out of a group stage of a Champions League group? When they're, they're the fodder team, aren't they, in the group? Whereas Tottenham have been to a final, quarterfinals, they get out of the group every time, not in Champions League this year, fair play Celtic are. But they've not got out of the group in a long time. They can't compete... On a, on a European-wide scale, whereas Tottenham actually have the potential, because of all this money that I was just talking about, to compete. And I actually think the way we view what a bigger club is, is different now to it was perhaps when we first started watching football. When we first started watching football, it was about what you'd won and how many supporters you had, right? Now it's about all these other things I've just spoken about, supporters clubs and all this other global stuff. Global fan base. Yeah. yeah, global fan base and all of that. Like, you look at it, Tottenham aren't a big... Tottenham are a bigger club than Chelsea. Like, Chelsea fans would tell me that. Or even Manchester City. But Chelsea now, because they've had all that money pumped in, they're one of the top earners, you know, in, in world football. So, but are they a bigger club in terms of, you know, domestic fan base? Probably not. But the football landscape's changed now. The fact is, we have no idea what a bigger club means anymore. It used yeah. to be a, a significant thing, something you could actually quantify. Right now, you can't. And any club in any any club in the top ten comes from a manager for Rangers and Celtic, then they're going. Villa were in the bottom half when when um, Gerard took over, 
and he left Rangers for 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 Aston Villa. Are Aston Villa a bigger club than Rangers? Probably comparable. A Spurs bigger than Celtic? I, I mean, to answer it very you know, bluntly, yes, yes, they are. We have the we have the uh, European pedigree. We've got the fan base, and um, we're one of the most famous clubs in the world. If you ask anybody outside of England to list ten of the biggest clubs in the world, no one's saying Celtic. It just is. It's just the way it is. But if you're Scottish and you get offended by that, I don't mean offence. It's just the way football is. And look, you know, if you've got some, if you, if this is, if you've got an axe to grind, go and fucking grind it with Aston Villa because they've fucking been relegated about five or six times in the last fifteen years. Spurs are uh, still in, in amongst it. We've been to a Champions League final. It's nothing to do with Spurs. Go and dig out Villa fans. Um, nice one, Glasgow Spurs. I don't know what. How do you feel about it, Glasgow Spurs? Like, who do you support? Who do you think is bigger? Let us know on Twitter or in the YouTube comments. Who, who's, who, who is bigger, Tottenham or Celtic or Rangers? I think we're bigger than both of you compared, c- combined rather. But <laughs> we, could buy, we could buy every club in the SPL. Like but that, but that's not... the, the, the rich, having Being rich because the Premier League has, uh, has expanded in the way it has isn't... I mean, that doesn't make us bigger. But being, oh no, I guess maybe, being rich does... It does help, doesn't it? Um, anyway, let's move on to uh, Postacoglu. Uh, last time I recorded on the Fighting Cock, he wasn't our manager and he's been made our manager. And um, I've, I've fallen in love with him already. I like the way he talks. It's been, it's, it's really kind of, it just has potch vibes, but his own sort of slant on it. It's, um, we're coming off of three years of really feeling very little about our football club we had six month period under Conte where it was or actually in less than that three month period where it actually we look, we were looking forward and going hold on something's happened here at Spurs but uh, by and large it's been utter shit following Tottenham since Post- since uh, Pochettino left Postacoglu has come in and we're all hopeful but the question here is um, what is a good first season for Postacoglu Ricky what, what does success look like do you think in this first season before you answer that we had a poll that was launched by Velvet Funder or Velvet Chunder if you want to use his actual name um, he said what's the bare minimum he put a poll out top four 9% top six in a cup semi-final uh, 24% just entertain me had 56.9% and 10% said must win something what what success look like for you Ricky for Postacoglu next season uh, I would probably say the quadruple Good. Because, uh, that is success. Just on the treble, so the quadruple we take all four. Uh, I, like, honestly, I am. Although it's something I want more than anything to win a trophy, I think it's got to be one of those things where where we don't just focus purely on winning a trophy, like putting it on the back burner for for this time being. While we have a new manager who plays completely different football to what these to what our squad's been used to and trained to over the last three or four years with three different managers it's going to be a very very uh bumpy start and i don't think results are going to go our way there's going to be some that'll be surprising some that are going to be a real uh gut punch um some where we'll probably be laughed at a lot um and i just think we have to we have to rough it out I was listening to what well, I think uh, I listened to a snippet 
I can't remember where I heard it now, but a, a snippet of a podcast that Postacoglu had done maybe two or three years ago where he says about going to a club and the first uh like the first six months of it being rough and bumpy but that's his favorite part because that's where he's you know lining up his ducks getting them all in order but um it's where he really kind of gets into the guts of what he's there to do and to sort everything out um and he said i think he said after his first game uh, as a man as manager of celtic he lost and he had to leave the country <laughs> so and, and he started laughing about it but he said after that and getting through the other results and then he started to see what he was telling the the squad how to train and how to play and how to think and that mentality came along and when he could see that he was like right we're seeing green shoes now that it's fucking on um but if i was to say what uh, again what success would be like for me I think it's just to see at the end of the season to see Tottenham play with an identity to uh, to be able to watch us and to be able to say this is how we play football this is how we're going to set up this is uh, I know we're going to press here I know when um our wing back is going to cut inside and, and go for these types of uh passing I know when we when we're in possession this is uh this is how the team's going to play I just kind of feel like over the past, especially last season, that I don't really know what we're trying to achieve. It feels like we've been caught in two different types of football, really. And it's just been so boring and dour. And when we then try to think, okay, let's be a bit more attackive, uh, attacking, it just comes comes undone and we just get beat and it just we're just caught in no man's land so I, for me success is just being able to identify how we how we're playing and that and have a bit of pomp about us so you're gonna click just to entertain me yeah yeah How about you Cal? i think i might have clicked that you know i think i saw that poll um but i think you know tangible like what's kind of the tangible things you want i think top six i think top six is kind of par for spurs so even though yes it's his first season yes he's going to want to change things i still kind of expect spurs to be a top six club um so i would say top six and to beat beat the top teams at home that's kind of that's kind of what i'm looking at is to beat arsenal at home especially them but you know to beat those other five teams at home or not lose at home that's a big i think that's a big thing that's that's that was really wrong last season was our home form you know, to to have Brentford beat us at home, Villa beat us at home, Newcastle beat us at home. We lost a lot of home games. And I think, you know, for now, what we want is, yeah, we may not get in the top four, we might not win a trophy, but we want to go to White Hart Lane and enjoy going being at White Hart Lane and us turning over teams that, that you know, perhaps we wouldn't always. I do worry for the 1%, uh, the 10% rather, the 10.1% who, who voted we must win something. So we... I guess that they, they, there might be an, an, an air of um, frustration, the fact that they've, they've been patient or expectant over the last three years, even under Pochettino. So you could say the last seven years that we haven't won anything, come close a couple of times, but they're like, we must win something this season. I tell you what, if you're, if you're one of the one in 10 who think that nothing else but winning something this season is acceptable you are going to have a miserable experience following spurs probably for the rest of your life because if we win something then what is 
what becomes the minimum then? Is it two trophies? Is it a league title? If must win something is a league cup, is it the FA Cup next season? At this stage, we're rebuilding. Like we, Often we talked about a transitional season at Spurs. This is a transitional season. Every fucking season seems to be a transitional season. But this season is one because we've got a new manager with new ideas who's fundamentally trying to change systematically how we play. These are players that have had drilled into them for the last three years, play in a low block, be defensive-minded, hit them on the counter, do your job, do what's required for the team. Whereas Postacoglu is going to ask the same things, but in a completely different way. Attack them, rip them apart, grab them by the throat, and let them know that Tottenham Hotspur are on this football field. That's the difference. Can, can players who have been indoctrinated under this side, uh, uh, under, uh, under the management ideals and ideologies of Conte and Mourinho, can they quickly shift to this new way of thinking, this much more attacking, aggressive way of, uh, of playing, which, by the way, doesn't guarantee success in the same way that Conte's system, while it probably had a better chance of success because it's much more pragmatic, you play percentages, it doesn't guarantee success, but it's much more fun on the way. So this is transition in its purest form. Tottenham Hotspur are in transition. If we win something in transition, it would be a miracle because we've, we've not won stuff when things are going well or feels, feels like everything's in place. The beginning of this season, we felt like everything was in place. Look at the fucking state of this season. One of the most depressing I've ever, ever experienced. So if we win something in transition under Postacoglu, build a statue before Bill Nick, because it would be that much of a, of a, uh, an achievement. If one person has to have a statue quickly, it should be Bill Nick and not Postacoglu. But I'm just saying, if he wins, he wins a title or he wins a trophy in his first season, given the challenges that are presented to him, then Postacoglu should be heralded. And if you can't go into the season saying we must win something or else, I, I, I kind of feel like if you're, if you're voting must win something, then your issues with Daniel Levy, not, not Postacoglu. It can't be with Postacoglu. Um, we did get this message. Actually, I say we did. It was on the, the Fighting Cop forum. Uh, it's from Good Day. Uh, it wasn't from Good Day from Australia. It was just from a bloke from Australia. I've forgotten his name. <laughs> <laughs> it says, uh, just wanted to provide a word of caution uh, by way of expectation management. Since this thread was made, it was a thread saying, uh, what can you expect from Postacoglu? If you're only giving Ange six months, he won't have time to deliver. Ange has won trophies everywhere he's been in the last 10 years. But just be aware that every single one of those winning clubs started badly. Celtic, Yokohama, Brisbane Raw and the Australian national team all had issues at the outset before coming good much later. Very often, his first six months in the job can be very rough while the players adjust to his hyper-aggressive, high-intensity style. Res results can sometimes be middling and unpredictable during this period. There will be moments when fans and the media will call his very high press naive because when it goes wrong, it looks really ugly and you will leak very silly-looking goals. The attacking philosophy will be visible and obvious reasonably early, but the defence may look weak. I'll warn everyone now, if it will not surprise me one bit if Spurs are in the bottom half of the table after six months in the job, and some of you will be calling for his head. My advice would be to hold your nerve when this happens. This will take courage and a huge dose of understanding. So there's two major issues here, Ricky, doesn't he? He's got a defence that doesn't work currently, certainly not in a high line or any kind of line. It certainly doesn't work in a low block. So he's got to fix that. Um, 
and he's also got to fix the uh, or, or expect a level of understanding from a fan base who's anything but. Um, just quickly, Brisbane Raw were regarded as the best team that Australia has ever seen. Ever, ever seen. The best team. Um, yeah, will he, will he, he's got to fix the defence and will he get the, the time, do you think, Rick? Will we, will we jump on him, do you think? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I think this time we're kind of, we've got to learn from our lessons of these quick fix uh, managers of Conte and Mourinho thinking that people can parachute in and with the team and squad that we have that they'll be able to win something and that they're uh, a top four team where... Um, it's not going to be like that. It, we need to go back into where when uh, Poch took over and there were some rocky results and he needed to kind of um, identify who were the, were the players that were going to take Tottenham forward. And so you need to give him that chance to, to be able to do that. But then also... Um, Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, what, let me let me ask you this question. Bollocks, quick, quick, bollocks, bollocks. Stop saying that. Yeah, go on. Uh, but let me ask you this question, Rick. <laughs> um, if if we, we if we're in the bottom half in six months' time, come January, would you give him patience? Are you going to be let's just trust the process? In inverted commas? Yeah, that's that, that's what I was going to say. That and exactly what you've just <laughs> highlighted as well. Was it really? So, yeah, it was. I swear down. Swear down. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Uh, I was going to say, if we if we look down down the road towards the swamp, mm. um, Arteta was given time. I think where, where eighth, did he finish? Eighth, 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 fifth, fifth. Yes, I mean, and then and now look where they are. You know, you have to be able to give managers time, and like you're saying about holding your nerve, it is going to fucking sting. It is going to sting, boy. Uh, when we are 14, 12, we're being slapped about by Brentford or whoever it is. Um, Season before last, Arsenal lost their first three games. They got battered by Brentford. They lost their first three games. Arsenal fans were calling from his throat to be slashed. And it, <laughs> didn't, it did not happen. It did not happen. They, they backed him and now they're, they're, they should have won the league last season. 
that, that yeah. we may be in this situation. Not that there's direct parallels between Arsenal and Tottenham. But we may be in a situation where we really have to be patient with him. I just think we should kind of, um, like I was saying about not put the trophy, not put a trophy on the back burner or Champions League on the back burner or anything like that. But to stop, that's where our pure focus is. That's where the end game is. That's where, you know, it's it's the first game of the season. We lose that. And we're like, oh, we're, we're way off Champions League. Let's just focus on the here and now and enjoy that and enjoy us playing attacking football again. And, you know, seeing Son and Kane back in their pomp and, and those types of things. Basuma coming back. Let's just try and and stick to the, the positive parts rather than we've lost a few games so rival teams are laughing at us so then we just switch and we're taking to Twitter to I don't know start a hashtag to get someone out or something yeah, like that Angel. I just I, but this is I where Daniel Levy has to be strong this is where Daniel Levy has to go like I know he ignores Twitter anyway and he should but this is where um, Daniel Levy needs to go we trust in him. We're gonna ble- we're gonna build around him, and we think he's the right man. Like Twitter hashtags and having conversations about Twitter. I think going forward, the f- like on this podcast, like unless if it's a ridiculous hashtag, I'm not gonna fucking mention it anymore. It's ridiculous. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Sorry, Rick. I, caught, I jumped all over your point there. No, sorry. I um, I think I'd, I'd said my point basically. I just think we we have to we have to stick we. We can't afford to be chopping and changing managers as as regularly as we do if we want to try and build something ultimately. And if we're trying to build something, you have to take the rough with the smooth. And we are going to see that. Everyone is reporting that the first three months, six months, the first time he was at Celtic or wherever it was, that to get his ideas across, his philosophy, the way he plays football and instruct it into the squad for him to kind of pick up what Tottenham's about and the fans and to kind of have that uh, that feeling amongst us, then we are going to have to, we're going to have to rough it out. And it's down to us to not make it any harder than that is where, you know, fans are going to be split into different groups. Some want him out, some want Levy. It's just, you just got to sit and wait it out really until we get to a point where it's near, you know, at, at the uh, the turn of Christmas when they say, if you're in the bottom three by Christmas, these teams have never, ever escaped relegation. Oh. If we're anywhere near there, then we've... <laughs> yeah, get him out. Well, get him out now. <laughs> get him out. Well, was, Straight I, away. That was a question I was going to ask Cal. Before I was going to say that, your mum's had my point, Ricky. Um, right. Yeah, good. Several right. times. Good. She loved good. it. In the bum, really enjoy. No, not in the bum. No, in the bum. Oh, no, God, that's, that's too crass. much. That's, that's crass. That is crass. Come on, that's, mate. It's crass. What's wrong with you? Um, but the question was, um, yeah, what scenario would see would would see Postecoglou sacked by Christmas? Do you know what? When bottom you read three, quest- bottom three. Yeah. When you read the question and you said six months, right? So six months is two thirds of the season, right? So, and I'm counting six months from the first game, right? Not from July the first. Six months is too much two thirds of the season. And when you read the question, it wouldn't surprise me if he was in the bottom half after six months, I was raging. I was fucking raging. What, eleventh, twelve? Yeah, I was I was I was inside, I was raging, I was like, who is this fucking Australian Chos was doing coming into my club? 
Troswell and making us yeah it's off the Simpsons um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like who is this guy coming into my club and making us 12 I'm not having that so you're, but Rick is right if it's like February and we're 13th he's got to go but if we're if we're in you know because I think Pochettino's first season I think we was around 8th I don't know if we, I think we finished 5th but we was around 8th for a while if we're like 8th ninth, but you can see something we're playing good football we're beating good teams at home our home form's good the crowd are, are happy then do you know what let him let him build let him have another season but yeah if it's like 13th 14th it's like fucking get out of my well, club but we Rack have off. to we have to look at what he's achieved Rakoff <laughs> Rakoff <laughs> we have to look at what he's achieved elsewhere and what he's achieved is, is significant Let's give ourselves the best chance of success and let him do what he's done elsewhere. When he was at Celtic, when he was at Celtic, he um, he had his first game were Champions League qualifying. Midland um, drew away away from home or, or or at home. He drew first leg, second leg he lost, and they're out of the Champions League just like that. First home, uh, first first game of the um, Scottish Premiership, played Hearts, lost. His first game, lost. So we don't lose, right? They might lose one in the season. And they lost one this or two this season, one of them against Rangers. <coughs> so we don't lose. There's Celtic fans going, who is this guy? Who, and, and there was when he arrived. Who is this guy? Is he good enough for us? Should he be here? They gave him time. And now you've got Celtic fans giving me grief merely because I support Spurs because our owners went to their owners and said, we're, we're taking your manager have that or you know take all this money shove it down your, your gob buy another fucking whatever they eat up there haggis and then <laughs> uh, buy a couple of haggis and, and be happy right that's nothing to do with me because my club went and took your manager I'm getting grief for this so Celtic fans loved him absolutely loved him let's 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 give him a chance to break our hearts in three years time when Real Madrid come knocking for Australian slash Greek Angie Postacoglu Imagine that. Yeah. How fuming we're going to be with Real Madrid can they fucked us again because Postagoglu is such a good manager that he needs to leave Spurs for a better opportunity. Imagine they're not that. Than Spurs, Real Madrid, they're not bigger than Tottenham. Well, there you off. go. There you go. This is, uh, this is a conversation for Celtic fans. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, any, anything that entertains in the first six months, seven months, then that would be good. Top six finish would be incredible. Any improvement on eighth while playing good football is acceptable as well for me as well. Um, okay. Uh, Ryan Mason, he's staying. What, what, what do you make of this? Um, what, you know, he, he's, he, there was a lot of interest from Europe and the championship, apparently. He had a conversation with Postacoglu who has been really impressed by him and wants to stay at Spurs as part of uh, the training setup and uh, management setup, I guess. Cal, what, what what do you make of that? I mean, he has he had an opportunity to go and manage a club of his own. He stayed at Spurs. Does that show a lack of ambition? Does it show a loyalty to Tottenham? Does it benefit Spurs that he's here with us? Are we grooming him for not grooming him? Is grooming the wrong word? Grooming sounds like we want to bum him in the future. Is are we are we kind of? Preparing him for a, uh, the big job in five or six years. What what do you make of him staying at Spurs rather than, I don't know, joining fucking some sh- shitty little club in the Championship? Yeah, there was a part Sheffield of Wednesday. Let's say Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. They're like old school Premier League. I remember 
the sticker books i had to that was the last sticker i needed was the sheffield wednesday shiny got it in the end yeah um but um good days good days um Oh, yeah, I kind of wanted him to go. I've kind of dislike him, to tell you the truth. But what, um, what, what, where does that come from? What do you mean you dislike him? There's nothing dislikable about him at all. Why do you dislike him? Because you, you do this all the time. You and you and T especially. You do this all the time. You make a decision, then then you, you play this sort of school ground tactic where you've decided that this kid is a div and you don't like him and you'll bully him relentlessly until he runs in front of a bus. What 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 is it about Ryan Mason you don't like? Me and T bond through hate. That's that's what gets us. That's what. There's nothing wrong with him staying at Spurs, Cal. No, there's not. There's not. It's it's you know it's consistency, isn't it? The players like him by all accounts. Um, Does he help? They post- like him. But he helps Postecoglou, doesn't he? I suppose so. Yeah, he kind of helps him. He he's kind of there to kind of help push push Postecoglou's ideas because they trust Ryan Mason, and so therefore they'll trust Postecoglou that is you know that his ideas. Um, I would have liked him perhaps to go to a muggy little club like Sheffield Wednesday and go and you know prove himself outside of Tottenham um and fair play to him it's it's nice that he was deluded enough to think he could have got the proper job but you know he, yeah I suppose it's all right but it does nothing for me I, I don't know he just I just don't like him don't like his face don't like anything about him good uh Ricky the he it doesn't he strike uh, you know when you go on a lad's holiday oh no a stag do a stag do right yeah and you're 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 post you don't know the rest of the lads. Yeah. Right? You, but but you know one of them. Sort yeah. of. That one of them is Ryan Mason. And they're all by the pool and they're all drinking and they start doing a little bit of gear already, aren't they? And Ryan Mason's gone to the postcologue and he's pointing them out again. You're like him, he's alright, he's a laugh, he'll be up last, he's a cunt, don't go near him. <laughs> that, that that's what this is gonna be, isn't it? You're like yeah. he, he, you're just like him. You and two are just just saying, "Go and chat with him. You'll be fine." He's putting out all the wrong ones. He's putting a, yeah, and Dumbling going, "Get him out, get him out." He needs to go. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting one actually. I mean, like when you put it like that, like is Mason going to be coming in with those uh, the lowdown, the preemptive of? When he was when he was here last time, Gaffer like he, he doesn't train that well. He doesn't, you know. He's, he's gonna he, have ideas, he's, isn't he? he? He always he always arrives late. Like watch him. Oh look, oh, look, five past nine. Oh fucking hell! So he told you. Like, is he gonna be that kind of guy that's get, get you know just giving all the intel, or is he just is he gonna be sound and say no? He's definitely gonna everyone be that has guy. a clean. Everyone oh, has a clean slate. Not. He's a human oh, I being. like him even. Oh, I like him even less now. This is no. why I hate him. It's horrible little grass. <laughs> right, Mason <laughs> is horrible little grass. No, but Ricky, it's a good point. Is because he he's definitely going to have his players that he rates because oh. he, 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 he he's he, he dropped Endombele when he came in straight away. Like, do, will he have agendas and will that impact Ange Postecoglou? Now, so 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 yeah. So would you would you keep? Uh, Mason on or would you have liked to have seen him cut his teeth a, elsewhere so 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 Postacoglu comes in with a clean slate and no. he doesn't get that oh no no I, I want Mason there if I'm Postacoglu why well, want Mason there for sure yeah. let me know everything you think you know about these team and, and I'll tell you as I'm old enough to be your dad what you do or don't know about this team in four yeah. weeks and if you fed me bullshit then I'm going to take your balls that's what that's what should that's what should, should happen here. This should be a test for Mason. Is he, can he separate himself from his friendship 
with those players that he's grown up playing with and the players that he we're we're projecting that he has an agenda with can he be a manager can he look beyond his personal relationships possibly I think he's shown that I think he's shown that because he dropped uh, Dyer and I think Dyer was one of the uh one of the guys that was was safe that was you know everyone hung out and knocked about together uh and one of his boys so I think um he has kind of shown that that um he, he's willing to show that ruthless side and keep friendship and business uh separate like for for me like with mason i i kind of would have liked to have seen him uh go to a different club um and, and see how he gets on get that experience and stuff but i also um understand why why he's sticking around again to learn for, 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 to, exactly with, with with mason when we've changed from uh conte uh and stellini going to mason we've We've tried to be a bit more proactive, a bit more attacking, change the way that we're playing. Um, and I think that's the way that Mason likes to play football and would prefer us to play football. But under Conte and Mourinho, that we haven't played it that way. So with Postacogli coming in with a lot of new ideas, innovation, different ways on how he take, uh, attacking football. sets up his attacks and stuff like that, totally different football you're you're gonna you're gonna want to learn and stick around for that. Fuck so, yeah. and plus he, he's 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 Tottenham lad, isn't he? So he is a Tottenham say, lad, um, Ricky. He's had he's had like what thirty one year old assistant manager or cat coach has worked under Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, and Postecoglou by thirty one. There isn't a single player on earth who's had that level of education. Is he only thirty one? He's thirty one years old, so he's not ready for a job. But Nolesman was 31, 32, I think, when he took his first job. So if you're looking at him, if if he learns everything he can, he's had the defensive, pragmatic tutelage. He's looked the way Conte and, uh, and, and Mourinho has done things. He's now looking at um, Postacoglu, who is the polar opposite to, all, to both of those managers. What can he learn from that? And if in two years he then takes a job at sheffield wednesday i don't know why we're picking on sheffield wednesday so. <laughs> and sees what he does then he probably yeah. thinks he'll be a better manager for experiencing postacoglu's football than he would be if he joined sheffield wednesday right now and i'd say he's made the correct decision and it's great to see him stay and one day he will be tottenham Hotspur's manager i'm sure the liverpool fans banging on about this of steven gerrard and then after he's villa debacle that they're going yeah he yeah. shouldn't be anywhere near our club fuck him but um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it works. Anyway, let's move on to uh, five players. Postecoglou must sell right now. These are players that have played some role in the team last season, not loans. Although, if the player played in the team last season and then went on loan, i.e., Brian Hill, then he's allowed to be included. Um, so obviously, the system is going to change completely, and we need to buy new players. There are old players, there are trusted, trusted players, there are defensive players that just aren't going to fit in the way that Postacogli wants to play football. Who are they, Cal? Who's your, who's your straight away? Who, actually, let's do it one by one. Who's your first out the door? Who needs to be first out the door? I think we can all agree on this one. Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris is 100% first out the door. Uh, as we record this, David Rea is about to sign you know, failing any kind of massive issues in the last part of this transfer negotiation. David Rea is going to be a Tottenham player and um, a great goalkeeper he is. And if you compare his 
sort of statistics to what Lloris achieved last season, David Raya is a massive step up. Not that over his career that he's better than Lloris. It's just that what Lloris is now compared to what Raya is now is a massive improvement. So Lloris out the door. We agree. Ricky, you agree as well? Yep. Okay. So of our defenders, who needs to be... It, look, there's, there's, a, there's a conversation about two. Longley is a, a lone player, so we can't include him. If the club want to sign him, so be it. A little as six million, apparently, but his wages are insane. Something like 150 to 200,000 pounds. Longley is what I've read. But we can't include Longley in this, but we can include a conversation about Sanchez and Eric Dyer. Now, if you absolutely have to sell one of them, would you sell both of them, actually, Ricky? Yeah, I would. I would. Get them out. For me, I would... I am focusing in on the starting eleven, so if it's really hard for me to say this because I I, I like Dyer as a person. He's been a, a fantastic servant to the club. Um, he's a good guy, but I just kind of feel like he has stagnated a bit. I think he needs a new challenge. I think in maybe the way we've set up defensively, he's looked a bit lost. Um, there's been quite a few uh, seen him errors in- that, have, that, that have come from him. So I would prefer my preference would be to get a new starting like starting eleven centre back straight into the team. Because if we said let's get rid of Sanchez and keep Dyer, then Dyer's just going to go straight back to where to where he was and just be. I, I just I just want to see a change. Back Change four as back. well. Back four. Sanchez and Dyer in a back four scares the life out of me. Yeah. But arguably, I'd, I'd like both of them to to Bye find bro. other clubs. But then but then we have to replace them. And how likely is that going to happen? Well, I we, don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, a potential transfer for Laporte on another podcast or any other fucking defender that isn't as shit as Sanchez and Dyer. Um, Cal, what you got? Um, so yeah, Lloris, uh, Sanchez, Dyer, okay, Ryan. We can say Ryan Sessignon. Um, so there's no chance for you that that Dyer and uh, Sanchez can do it in the back four. No, God, no, no. Look, look you know, <laughs> you play a back three a lot of the time because your defenders aren't. Very- and I always, when Mourinho was there, I the reason I thought we sat so deep was because our defenders were so bad. That we ended up just sitting deep because it was we had to defend in like mass in numbers because they were so bad. Dyer's got to go. We've got to make a bold decision, and we've been you know it's that stat about going out of cups every year, and it's always Davies, Dyer, and Sanchez that are always in the team, and it's like we've got to get rid of Dyer and Sanchez, both of them, and let's just buy two new centre backs this summer, hundred percent. Okay, so uh, the midfield wing back slash issue is a. a- you know, bigger conversation, isn't it? Because you're saying Sessignon. And so, so Sessignon in, 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 uh, in, in Postacoglu's system, he can either play as a winger or a fullback. He's not a fullback and he's definitely not a winger. I don't think he has a role. I, I actually worry about his future in football. I really don't, I don't know what he's going to do or where he's going to go. I kind of feel like he'll end up being farmed out to weird European leagues and Far Eastern leagues. I think that's where he's, his career is going to go, unfortunately, because he, he had massive hype. But he's never sort of really shown it. Had, had purple, little tiny purple spells at Spurs. 
but Cessnion doesn't fit in Postacoglu's system. A lot of our wingbacks don't, but Cessnion especially doesn't fit. So we're saying sell Cessnion. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, the other options there are Reguion, who is a fullback, who can play left-back. If we're playing a back four, then maybe he'll come back to the the club and, and, and maybe Postacoglu will look at him and go, yeah, I can do something with him. I think there could be a lot of players that people think were, you know, are dead or out of their depth at Spurs or think they should be moved on that may get an opportunity in a new system. Reguion was signed under... Was it... It was Mourinho who was playing the back four, if I remember rightly. It might be the end of Pochettino's reign. I can't remember exactly. But it was a back four we were playing or a, or a weighted back three with a attacking wing-back that Reguion was signed for. So in this new system, maybe it will fit because when he came to Spurs, no issue at all. At all. Uh, so, yeah, all right. Cessnion will agree. We agree, Rick? Yeah. Midfield. Yeah, I just... Well, go on, go on. So just um, it's been a real shame for him because his injuries, confidence, the player who we thought we were buying, it just hasn't worked out at all. Um, and I think for his sake and our sake, uh, for his his playing career, he needs to find um, regular football somewhere else. To be honest, um, again, I I don't have anything. Uh, I don't have no slight on the lad, but I just think. He could, uh, he'd like, could make, uh, uh, I, f- I feel mean saying dro- drop down to the championship, but I just Take think... Take football um, and enjoy it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly not, it. not going to be paid well in the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the midfield. Um, so he, he'll, he'll play one uh, deep line midfielder, a single pivot, and two, either a, a number 10 or a number, or two number eight, so box-to-box midfielders. I genuinely fear for the future. Not like fear, like I actually give a shit. But Hoybier's future at Spurs, I think, is somewhat limited. If number six is going to be Basuma, then number eight has to be Bentancourt and maybe a number ten that we sign in Madison or Alex Scott. Um, I think Hoybier's time is limited. I think his value is high right now. I think if someone is willing to spend £40 million on him, that we can find something in our squad that will do the job that he can in a number eight role. So I'm saying a must-sell Hoybier. That's going to go down in some quarters like a bucket of sick. But I think I just in in, in, in Postacoglu's system, I don't think Hoybier fits. It's not about his passing. It's about his, it's about his athleticism. And his role that would be required. He's not a destroyer. He's not a box of box. I don't know what he is in this system. Ergo, if someone's coming in, £40 million, sell him instantly. Use Bentancor, Madison or Alex Scott in those roles much better. I'm saying Hoybier. We're, we're left what with... About, what about Tangi in one of the uh, the other roles as well? No. Ne- never. Okay. He's got to go, but he, he's he's been loaned out, so he doesn't. He's not included in this conversation. I, I right, do okay. like if he if he wasn't, I don't see a world where Postecoglou in, includes him in, in in his in his side. It's too much, too much pace and, and effort required. I can't see it. The only way, the only place he can play is is a six, as like a deep line playmaker. But he's not going to do that. He's not good defensively, so 
can't. I, he's not going to work. Lacelso could work. Yeah. Yeah, Lacelso could work. It's, it's a postecoglou system. If you have three um, forwards, the two wingers are very wide. There's huge, two massive channels for the, the eight and ten to run into, and um, Lacelso could be good at that. But I don't think he. If we sign someone like Madison or Alec, Alex Scott, as I say, I don't think either of those players are going to fit in. But who have knows? you been watching some videos, Rav? <laughs> yeah, I have. Tifo's video on Postacogli's football. Yeah, uh, oh, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, they are <laughs> fucking great. How good are you, Ricky? Very good. It's so very good. good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so, I've, I've been listening and reading loads of stats and uh, just reading articles and everyone's going six and eight, six and eight, six and eight. Who the fucking, what the fuck is this six? And then I watched it, I was like, right, okay. Yeah. I just noticed like, like positions, like all these numbers and stuff, just new age to me. <laughs> if but, no, had, it, was, it was excellent, excellent. If you had to sell one... <laughs> If you had to sell ones, uh, Skip or Hoybier, Cal? Oh, it's Hoybier. He's. No, I don't. I don't hate him or anything. I know some people oh, do, good, but good. I, I think he's. I think he's a good player, and I think he's. He's. He has a good. He's quite. He has quite a good presence on the pitch sometimes, but a lot of the times he does hide. Um, clogger, clogger, only. But it, uh, yeah, but I, I think the. I think we just have to be pragmatic about it. He's twenty eight. He's 28 years old and there's a chance he's not going to fit in. So we should sell him. That's it. We've been bad in the past at keeping players, which is, or sorry, at selling players, which is why Dyer and Sanchez are still there when they should have gone ages ago. He's 28. Like you said, he has a value. Sell him. Indeed. Um, so, so we've agreed on four. I've got Perisic on this list as well. Now, Perisic, Cal, you, you pointed out to me like I didn't fucking know. That Perisic has scored, uh, got eleven assists and one goal. Yeah, is that enough to and keep he, him if he doesn't fit the system? Um, I, I, you know, I would like to see you know kind of the squad freshened up and have some young players come in to replace our Dyers and Sanchez's and Hoybiers and these people we're talking about. But I think there's room for a Perisic to for someone that he's got one year left in his contract so it's not like he's gonna stagnate and be there he's on a four-year deal that we can't get rid of the fucker he's got one year left he's won everything and he's proven that he can do things in this league with 11 assists and a goal so i think let him, if, unless he really wants to go which i think there's probably a chance he does really want to go if he wants to go cool but if he doesn't if he's all right there i'd keep him for the season just because he's shown that he has end product in this league yeah the the assist did include um cup com competitions as well but you're right no 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 one else um got as many assists as he did rick what do you think of perisic staying at spurs i it kind of feels uh, like if if we're moving in a new direction that maybe he should go but if he's available if we can stick him on with 10 minutes ago on that left wing position because he's best football at spurs is when he's around the box if you can just create a system where he doesn't have to defend or does his bit, but isn't intrinsic to how solid you are as a defensive outfit. Just let him play on that left-hand side. Maybe we should keep him. It's a weird one with him because you look at the stats and you're like, uh, 11 assists and a goal. And you think, well, he's, he's, he's done great there. But when you actually watch him in the flesh and someone goes to run past him, he, he like I, it, he doesn't make no effort to get back. He's like fuck that. I like I am not defending. It's just like this is more wingbacks do. Yeah, this is he like positionally. He's just like oh, he's gone past me. I, I ain't got the legs. And then if we are putting him in the Postacoglu side where he's further forward as this wide winger, but he is going to have to do this intense pressing. 
I don't think he's got the legs in that in him either. So are we just gonna have him in that kind of left wing forward position to roll the ball to him, just to constantly ping balls. That's all he's gonna do. Ping, ping, ping all day. I don't think there is space to, to carry someone like that. Because if you've got someone like Kane, who is gonna be expected to press, but his legs are gone. You can't have that front three being quite leggy. You know what I mean? You need... What, what, need what, 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 what are you saying? Are you saying Kane, get rid of Kane? Maybe... No, pos- no, no, no. I'm saying we, we've got enough space. No, never say that. Never what, say what, that. Are you saying Kane's leggy? You said he's leggy. Well, yeah, he's he's like coming 29, 30. He's, he's like, he's, he's, get, he's, he's getting on. Your like, mum's leggy. He can't do what, what both, he used Both to your mums are leggy before Harry Kane is. <laughs> Don't fucking start slagging off Harry Kane on this. Podcast. You're the one saying get. You're the one suggesting get rid of him. What? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when? get him out. You stick him out. I'm saying Perisic just now. Just get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Don't ever say that. <laughs> All right, if, 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 but yeah, but Perisic. If we, because we've got um, Udoji as well. Like, like. Where's he going to fit in? I'd like to see him have, have a go. He's got to be left back. He's got to be left back or left wing. The fact is that he can play both roles means that Perisic probably probably needs to be moved out. But let me pose something else. If it so isn't when Pe- we're saying left wing, are we saying where Son plays? You're, you're, yeah, but it's not, in a, it's not in a 3-4-3, which is different. It's a 4-3-3, a three, three, which means we have two wingers in Son and Kulisevsky. Or Son and Poro, so the 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 wing back role becomes redundant. So Perisic is isn't going to play in his preferred role in a role that he's played with in a, a championship winning Inter Milan team, the one that Conte out. wanted him to bring get him out. Out, out. Yeah, That's uh, it. No time. Right. No time. No time. Yeah. No, no time. You're gone. Gone, Perisic. But um. if Perisic, well, let, let me let me pose this: Perisic or Brian Hill. Because Brian Hill can't play fullback. He can only play as a winger. Yeah. Brian Hill plays my, on the right, Perisic plays yeah. on the left. What are you saying, Cal? My first start, when we were talking about this earlier on, actually, I've actually wrote Brian Hill down. I just don't think he suits the league. I just don't think he's up to it. And so I'd get rid of Brian Hill. And I I don't know. If, I suppose Brian Hill is more of a winger. And actually, what you were saying about 4-3-3 makes you think, oh, can Sun play as a winger-winger? Like, because he's been playing as more as a, a left-sided forward, you know, on that he could do it. Corner, corner of the box. Um, well, maybe. What are you maybe saying? Get finished. rid of Son? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Get, why don't we get rid of all of them then, Cal? Sell them all. Sell them all. No, Harry Kane never. Never, never, never. Um, Imagine if they, <laughs> Postacog came in, did two training sessions, went, you're all, up, you're all up for a sale. Every single one of you. Any one of you can find new clubs. Go. You're shit. It still upsets me, you know, That'd that it still upsets me that I know Postacog is going to want to play how he wants to play. But, these wing backs that we've bought, you know, Pedro Porro, Destiny Adogi, or oh, I just, yeah, we've got these wing backs. And we're not going to, we're not going to play wing backs. So what? So what? Let's play a system that works, that we enjoy. Fuck the wing backs. Fuck the back three. Who gives a shit? I hate it. I've hated it for ages. I hate Conte. I hate his fucking face. I hate Jose Mourinho's fucking face. Nuno doesn't even register for me. He does. He 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 means absolutely nothing to me. And he's been the manager of my football club 
Fuck the system. Fuck what we've bought. Let's bring in a manager that tears up the rule book going, this is how we're playing. Either you're good enough or you're not, you can fuck off despite your name. That's what we need. Leadership. That's what we need. Rick, we need leadership. Brian Hill, if yeah, you don't, if you don't do. cut your fucking air, you're not coming back. That's the kind of mentality you want. You stupid moppy... You can't grow a moustache. Give it up. Give it up. You look like a 12-year-old. You're not good enough. You're weak. Get him out of the club. Burn him. <laughs> I wouldn't You're mind getting. I wouldn't mind seeing what he can do as well. No. Rick, let's no. see what he can do then. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. Just leadership. Yeah, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. Just want a little bit of leadership. I want someone to take control of this fucking football club. Grab Daniel Levy by his fucking throat and say, this is what we're doing. And it's my way or the highway. <laughs> In those words as well. My way or the highway. Yes, good. <laughs> All right, so on, on this, we're selling Sanchez, Dias, Sessegnon, uh, Skip, Hoybier, Kane, Son, Perisic, Lloris, and uh, Kulisevsky. We're keeping him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say we're selling all those players? Yeah, get rid of them all. Get rid right, of them all. Yeah, yeah, fresh start. The fresh start, indeed. Uh, let's find out, final uh, couple of questions here. Thiago Fiera, he says, uh, does, does Levy really have the guts to absorb the costs and break contracts of players we cannot sell. I think he does because he's done it with Aurier and other players previously where he's agreed to terminate their contracts. 100% he does if he sees that there's no sell-on value. Um, are you asking him to break the contract clause of someone like Lacelso and Dombele? I mean, it'd be madness if he did that. It'd be crazy. You don't... Breaking the... A break clause for someone like Ndombele or Lo Celso means giving them tens of millions of pounds. No manager or, or chairman in, in football would do that. Is that what he's asking, do you think, Cal? That yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like the question is more about you know paying them off, paying their contracts off, or paying them 50 million pounds. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. No, of course. Ndombele, Ndombele outside of Sunderland Kane is the highest owner of the club. Like He, he can't you can't pay him off. You have to loan him or worst case scenario, make him, give him a, make him work or give him a free transfer and just let him go. You don't pay him off. You just go, we don't want a fee for you, bye. But even that is drastic because we paid 50 million pounds for him. And mm. same with Lo Celso. I don't think, you know, obviously with, with all the clauses, we wouldn't have paid these guys clauses because they barely played for us. Well, not for a while anyway, but yeah. Worst case scenario, I think with, for Levy is that he gives them like a free transfer or just a really low fee that's like i suppose the best that they can that these guys can hope for other than that they've got to gut it out and fucking get on with it yeah like he, he he's he, you don't you don't have you don't sort of release a player who has three years left on his contract or four years left on his contract he's only 200 grand a week the worst thing if you've got a chairman a chairman who's doing that then you've got a really bad chairman i know people don't like daniel leaven i don't like him much but if he released Ndombele right now with three years left on his contract with 200 grand a week, I'd be worried about the future of Spurs. That's crazy. You'd be giving up tens of millions of pounds to a player who, you know, has given you nothing. Uh, last question. Um, Arsenal are about to sign Declan Rice for 100 million pound, Ricky. Why aren't Spurs ever in this conversation for this sort of ambitious signing? It's a great question. I don't know why we're not. Um, probably because... Arsenal are in the Champions League can offer him been European the football League, and yeah, not in there now, eh? Not even in the fucking Conference League. I mean, like, 
we're going to offer him like we, we we're not going to be able to compete with Arsenal, United, City, even Newcastle at the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if, but we were never got... when we were in the Champions League, we were never going after. We're never going to spend a hundred million pound on a player. I think there is an issue. There is a question to be asked here about how, how ambitious Daniel Levy is. Okay, that's, that's, so that's a that yeah. Separate, I suppose that's a, that's, a, that's a different question, but um, and also like, why is it that we okay if we were to offer uh, Rice a, a, a West Ham hundred mil and try and get Rice, like what like why would he come to Tottenham over if City and United and Arsenal have, have, have offered him the exact same. Like, at the moment, it's the competition-wise and where we are, right? But equally, again, I don't want to make it just about Rice, but West Ham would never sell to Tottenham, especially like their star player. He's Not just one of the... Always, I mean, have previously. We signed the foe. Things, Carrick... yeah, th- yeah, I think things are a bit different now. It's more, uh, an even playing field. Not completely... But I just don't think that they would be willing to do business like that. But then, okay, if if you said, let's forget about Declan Rice and you forget about West Ham and you have a hundred million pound player that's going to go to a choice out of Tottenham, United, City, Arsenal, Newcastle, I think the... Apart from Newcastle, the, the the other teams would be more attractive because of their European qualification and, and how they're performing at the moment. You know, let, let's not forget what, like, six weeks ago, we all felt Tottenham were in complete disarray. Like, no director of football, no manager, our star player isn't going to... We don't know if he's going to sign a new contract or not. Getting tonked by Newcastle 6-1 or whatever it was. Like, no matter how much you offer to someone... Are they actually going to come? Because I, I would, I would be looking at us and being like, "Have they got their shit together?" Hell no, they ain't. Somewhere where it's a bit more level, a bit more balanced, not as many fluctuations. We need to get to a point again where we are that team where people are, you know, looking over the fence and like they actually play decent football. They're actually a team I want to. They're actually a team I want to go and play for. As a manager, I want to go and play for. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think we're there at that moment. When we get to somewhere close to that, then I think it's a different conversation. Okay, Carl, anything to add? It's wages. It's been wages forever. Um, Harry Kane's our highest earner. He's on 200 grand a week. For example, we've got Jaden Sancho. is on 350 grand a week. We don't pay the wages for top, top players. And if Manchester United or Liverpool or City or Chelsea come in, they go there. Arsenal have been paying massive wages since Ozil was there. He was on 300 grand a week. How long ago was that? That was years ago. You think about, you know, fluctuation and, you know, how, you know, wages generally increase over time. That's Ozil. That was fucking years ago. And he was on 300 grand a week. They've been paying top wages, Arsenal, for a long time. We don't pay that. We've not paid top wages ever. Why don't we pay it? Because we can. Because Levy, Daniel Levy won't pay it. He, he, they do this whole bonus thing, don't they? It's all bonuses at Spurs, and I don't. I imagine other clubs have bonuses as well. But it seems to be that our salaries at, the, at Tottenham are more incentive based, and you have to achieve certain things to get 
money that's comparable to the other players but the short answer is well there's two we're not as big a clubs as you know or in terms of a draw as it's that bigger club contra- uh, conversation again um you know manchester united and liverpool and even arsenal so there's that draw um and then it's wages and i think even if we're not in the champions league you look at the you know what we what we are as a club and you know in terms of what where we've been for the last five six years champions league finals and top four and massive stadium and all that players will come to us if we're willing to pay them the salary um the reason we miss out i think is salary do you know boys a pop quiz before we end uh do you know who what what football club in the world creates the most amount of profit in the world foot in world football what what football team creates the most amount of profit? Not Tottenham. revenue. Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. We're the only club. I think actually there, there are two clubs in the top 10. Of any sports franchise, and Spurs aren't a franchise. It's not like fucking NFL or, you know, American sort of the way American football is run. Tottenham Hotspur are the richest club in terms of profit. The amount of money they make compared to how much money they have to spend in order to run their business. So at some stage, we have to operate like that. And I know Daniel Levy is waiting for regulation to come in and there is regulation coming in terms of how much you can spend on the, the amount of revenue that you create or it might be amount of tev- uh, TV revenue that you create four times that is what the Premier League are proposing and what the clubs are you know, voting on at the moment. Whatever it is, Spurs potentially could be a massive, massive player in in world football but will we be that with Daniel Levy I don't know anyway uh, that's been the Fighting Cop podcast Ricky and Cal you've been legends and uh, yeah we'll see you at the end of actually beginning next week and then the end of next week because we're going to get back into the regular running order of how we record the Fighting Cop but thank you everyone hope you're enjoying your summer it's fucking hot I'm sweating my bollocks off you're all legends Rick Cal thank you boys a pleasure thank you sir see you soon Bye. Well, seeing what's happened in about 10 minutes, you dick. Network.